Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you're a first-time listener and you love the experience, please subscribe so you can get more of our great guests giving you brilliant feedback. The other one is if you're a regular, love your support. I really appreciate it. And if you've ever got any questions for me or the guests, you can just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash questions. And I promise we will answer your question, including the guests doing the same. So you can take notes and there's lots of great notes to be taken in this one, but also all episodes are fully trained scribed. So a little bit about today's guest. So they're right in the depths of helping people get more out of work by doing less. Okay. And they do that mainly through project management. It's their passion. They're very good at it. And they were lucky to hitch on to one of the fastest growing and best project management platforms on the planet. And they talk a little bit about that, but they cover the changeover, which is the dreaded, you know, what platform should I be on? Should I swap? They also talk about how you embed and they've got some great things around different personalities, key users, and also that dreaded one, time tracking. Got some good views on that as well. So now what I'll do is hand you over to Gray McKenzie from Zen Pilot. Welcome, Gray McKenzie from Zen Pilot to the Build Live Give podcast. Great to have you here today, Gray. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, well, look, I must admit, we've had several conversations around a topic I absolutely love, and I know it's so important for running a service-based business, so I can't wait to dig into it. But why don't we just kick off with when someone asks you, hey, Gray, what do you do for a living? How do you help people? What do you best answer? This is probably one that needs refined, but the short, the real quick answer is we're focused on helping digital marketing agencies. So I always tell people we help agencies deliver better work faster is ultimately what it boils down to. So better, more consistent, more standard streamlined work, and then faster, we help them uh, pick up efficiency improvements and deliver work with less stress. Great. And I'm assuming the next question is, well, how do you do that, Greg? Exactly. Right. So we we have a technology that we get found for a lot which is ClickUp. And so we're helping agencies. ClickUp's kind of the Trojan horse in our business model where we're coming in and helping people streamline their operations. So go through, look at how they're actually delivering work, improve the processes, document the processes, templatize them. This is where ClickUp comes into play. Build out what those standard operating procedures look like inside ClickUp, train the team, and give them the the insights into the operational side and client services side of the business that they haven't had before. Great. And uh, so the first thing is um, when you say click up, just explain what click up is. Give, yep. uh, you know, give some analogies as to what, uh, what, it, what it is. Yeah. Anyone who's familiar with using a project management tool previously, you know, Trello, Basecamp, Asana are some of the big players, monday.com uh, in the space. And ClickUp's a relatively new tool. They're a little over four years old here as we're recording this. They're the fastest growing project management tool in the digital agency space. Specifically, they're growing quickly in a bunch of different places. Um, just raised $100 million at a billion dollar valuation in December of 2020. And we've been partnered up with them since uh, 2018. Great. And, and why? You know, why is it going so well for digital agencies? 
really good question. So there's a couple of core things that people like. The hierarchy of ClickUp works really well as opposed to Asana or the simplicity of Trello versus a Trello or a Basecamp. And when I say that, uh, the hierarchy in any services-based business, you've got clients and then you've got services beneath each client. You've got obviously organizational departments. It's not the same as running an internal marketing uh, department where we've just got, hey, here's our projects, our campaigns, and then what needs to happen beneath that. So people love the hierarchy. One of the things that ClickUp contributed to the space is the concept of taking the underlying data and viewing it, filtering and slicing and dicing and viewing it however you want to. And so that's been a big advantage and is now filtering out and influencing a lot of the rest of the space as well. And then the product improvement velocity is another is another big thing where they're just pushing out updates and improvements to the platform faster than any other platform uh, is or has done. Yeah, well, 100 million would definitely uh, help with doing uh, (laughs) more of those. So uh, if we just go up a level, right, for a moment. So, you know, your digital agencies, I know, you know, for a lot of coaches and consultants, a lot of service-based business owners that that listen to this show, you know, project management is sort of a bit of a love-hate, right? There's a lot of people that, you know, uh, I even know within um, Coca-Cola when I left in 2011, Believe it or not, we still used to manage a lot of projects out of Excel. And I'm like, come on, guys, we need a project management tool. And what was the default? Can you remember that terrible Microsoft product, right? That uh, What was it called again? Access. Uh, Microsoft Access? Was that it? No. Oh, no, that was databases. Yeah, I can't remember. It'll come to me in a moment, but it was it was pretty ordinary. So there wasn't many tools. Whereas now, like you said, there's lots of tools. But but you know why? What what are the real advantages of using a, a project management if you're a service based business? Right. Yeah. The I mean, the big thing is keeping everyone on the same page as far as what are we doing? Are we getting work out the door on time? I think in any of these businesses, you're looking at whoever's ultimately in charge of client services. It probably ultimately measured on what's the lifetime value of a customer. So the combination of retention, how well are we keeping clients happy, satisfied, and, and with us for a longer period of time, and then upsells, or you know how how are we increasing the value of that customer through providing more of the same or different service lines. But then there's uh, things that are obviously going to indicate whether people are going to buy more from you or be happy with you, which are, are we, is it, you know, are we getting work out the door on time, and is it the right work? Is it done at the quality that they expect? And so the project management tool is kind of the central, the single source of truth that we're trying to build in these businesses to say, this is where it's all measured. This is where it's all managed. You plan, you do the work uh, all inside this this one space. So everyone's got visibility into it and we can provide those insights back to either our management team or clients. Yeah. And I must admit, I'm a bit of a Nazi when it comes to project management. You know, like if you want me to do something, it's got to be in our project management software, right? That's And then if you want to just do short comms with me, it can be we use Voxer as an example, but I know a lot right. of people use Slack. But what's your experience with how do people delineate, you know, where all this communication is? Because, you know, at the moment, like, you know, I've got clients on WhatsApp, I've got Voxer, I've got SMS, like, you know, it feels like, you know, 100 touch points or comm points coming in. How, how does that work with something like ClickUp? So yeah, there are a couple of different pieces there. One is every agency that we're working with, our number one rule is if it's not in ClickUp, it didn't happen. Yep. So this is, if we're, if we're going to treat it like it's our single source of truth, obviously the outputs that we get from d- that data are only as good as the inputs. So if we're not actually adding stuff in there, we're not going to know, you know what's, what's actually happening here. So in terms of inputs then into it, 
anything that's task specific that's related to a you know an individual deliverable, all of that has to live inside your project management platform and be centralized there on the thread that it's associated to. And high level strategy, kicking around ideas, ideation, that type of stuff. I think Slack, there's other tools that are probably a better fit for some of that, although it'd be nice to have it all in one place. Yeah, I understand each of these tools has their purpose and Voxer is super nice for quick audio back and forth or Loom for video or Slack for text. Um, so I, I'm not as stuck on that stuff, getting all of that inside ClickUp. And I think that's where you have to draw the line is, hey, are we doing higher level ideation, quick back and forth, fun conversation? Or is this granular? Hey, we're getting into the, the nitty gritty of what's actually getting done here. And look, you know, another one that is one of my favorites is that I've you know, very fortunate I've got a great team and what they do is effectively triage my inbox. One person in particular, Chi, big shout out to you. You're, you're absolutely amazing. And I say that, you know, take the 20% of the email and create a task for me and then I'll do the task, right? So I don't have to read all the 80% of waste. Like, is that something that, that you recommend? Like, is it easy to take a task out of email and put it in the ClickUp as an example? Uh, yeah, for sure. And that comes up all the time, whether it's forwarding an email directly in for context so the team has or replying to notifications coming out of ClickUp. But I think you get the same thing you know, if you're a client communication, if you're one of the unfortunate folks who's still stuck managing that in email consistently. Obviously, everyone deals with some degree of, of client email. Uh, as those tasks come in, there's, you know, the, typically some specific deliverable that those are influencing. And so whether it's updating the status, hey, this is approved, go in, pull up, click up and update the status of that specific item, or hey, we would like to request this. Responding to that, adding the task quickly to click up is something that we train you know, internally. That's what we all do. And then for clients, I think that's an important, an important piece in any process is training team members to know you get kind of pre-built process templates for how stuff should be done. If, we're talking, Paul, and you want to add a new podcast episode, and then we're producing a podcast for you. That whoever that goes to internally knows, hey, I don't have to go build out all the individual steps of this. I use the template that we've got pre-built and, and add in all the tasks based on the on the podcast that Paul requested. Yeah, and, and look, you know, digital agencies, you know, often they're uh, creative people. Some would say right brain, not always, right? But as a right. general statement, and everyone's got their own personality, right? And people, you know, Especially I find that, you know, with my, I've got teenage children and, you know, a lot more independent, which is fantastic than what I probably was at, at their age. So how do you sort of get everyone on the same page? What are some tips to help with all those different personalities and the people that say, hey, I want to do it my way. I don't want to do it your way, Cray. I'm, I'm happy to do it my way. I don't know if you bump into this. I bump into this a ton. It's a creative space, so I get it. But we joke sometimes internally about agencies. You know, if it's a 10-person agency, nine of them at least will be on the leadership team of the agency. <laughs> there is a lot of group think. There's a lot of, um, it's a lot of people who love running small businesses in many cases. And so often kind of democracy rule in, in these small businesses. And so I think the answer that nobody wants to hear, but really the truth is part of it has to be this is an expectation if you work here that you don't get to choose that you don't want to use ClickUp and you want to use Basecamp instead for your project management. Or if you're on Asana, you don't get to, I don't get to go use ClickUp because that's what I like to do. There has to be to some degree a mandate that this is the expectation. This is part of working here. It's what we do. And if you want to work here, that's, that's part of the process. I think the other thing though, because it's not all just the stick, there's gotta be some carrots for them too. 
showing people what the outcome is. There is, anytime that we launch a new team into ClickUp, there's typically this brief trough of sorrow that's a week of, man, we've got more work to do. We're already doing the work, and now we have to go make sure that it all gets added in. And you hit this point where the influential people on the team finally had something that they needed to go find, and it all the context is right there. It's in one place. Or they need to plan out some work, and the template's there, and it saves them time. And they start to get utility from the platform. And then it takes over, and, and team members, you know, it is a, it's kind of a C moving forward once you get the momentum rolling there. And so I think there's got to be uh, showcasing that vision, and here's what it, here's what life looks like on the back end of it. And then also a little bit of retraining the mindset where some of the boundaries that we create create the opportunity for the best creativity, um, and that limitations or restrictions or guidelines to frameworks to work within are what where you really get to unleash some of that creativity. So instead of we feel like we're really fulfilled or creative because you know we get to work on 12 different business types and every challenge is a new challenge. Instead, let's use that creativity and channel it into, hey, we're solving the same type of problem for another business, but let's figure out how we can constantly be improving it. And so there's there's an element there as well of just, this is kind of higher level agency stuff, but realizing we're not saying we can't be creative when we choose to do fewer things or be more focused, we're just channeling that creativity. Yeah. And look, you know, the, the one that I always use is um, it's like freedom in a, in a framework, which is i.e., the more that the mundane stuff is done, not missed, that gives you more energy to actually focus on the stuff that only you can do. Right. So I find that that, it's like use it to bring out more of your superpower rather than fighting against your superpower. Sure. And um, and what about, um, you know, who should own ClickUp in a business? So you go in, you do an implementation, it's fantastic, you leave. Like who is that owner? Who, you know, we used to call it a key user. Yeah. My Coke days, like who, who's best to do that? This is a really uh, good question. We've got, so we, in any implementation that we're doing, we set up one person internally as their ClickUp champion. That person is, there's a couple of key characteristics about that person. One, they're super detail oriented. So they're not going to miss the habits that, you know, internally we want somebody who said, Hey, we've given you these rules of engagement. Someone needs to hold the team accountable to that. What's your daily spot check, your weekly roundup, your monthly review. You know, what are the processes that we, that we need you to follow to be successful and make sure that the system improves over time instead of degrading over time. So they need to be detail oriented. They need to be, or ideally, are relatively tech oriented. They like learning new features and new tools and figuring things out. So as team members have questions, how does this work? You know, do you have a solution for this? This type of people who like to dive in and get their hands dirty. They also this is typically not the COO of the business or the um, you know that that person has is focusing probably more of their time on strategy than on the in the weeds tactical stuff. But this is equally important. It's just kind of a different level of um, of granularity. And so often this person will be a project manager or somebody internally. And so they have to be really comfortable managing up yeah. and going to somebody who's in a position that they perceive as an authority over them or realistically you know, to their boss and saying, look, you didn't get your tasks done. You know, if you're falling behind, everyone else is falling behind. They don't know what they can get. Their stuff's not unblocked. They don't know what they can do. You need to follow the same rules of engagement that we give to everybody else. And so I think that that combination of characteristics are some of the things that we look for more than a specific job title or role. 
Yeah, great. Excellent. I'm going to hit two elephants in the room, right? So the first one is changeovers, right? So I know we've talked about changing from my platform over to ClickUp, but I look at all of the work and, and I just think, oh, my God, like this is going to be hard. Am I going to keep my data, transfer all my data, et cetera? So let's you know break some myths around this. It's very hard to change platforms. I don't know how how much I would break it. I mean, is it worth it or not? Is the question more than is it like it is hard? That's the that's the reality. And to be really clear, we focused on ClickUp. I think for the majority of agencies, for a lot of people, ClickUp's the best the best tool for the job. But it's a tool for the job. It's the last ten or twenty percent. Like eighty percent of this is. Hey, do you have a coherent system? Is it designed well? Does everybody know how to use it? And is there somebody who owns that success over time? And if you do that, I don't really care if you use ClickUp or Asana or Teamwork or whatever, you know, whatever the platform of choice is. As far as the switching itself goes, I think there has to be, there's got to be certainly an internal champion. I think one of the things that we benefit from is you're probably going through this with teenagers right now. So I'm, I coach high school baseball. I'm dealing with teenagers all day. I can say the exact same thing that their parents say. They'll never listen to their parents right now because they're at a stage of life where they just don't care. Like that's the messenger and they're just going to ignore anything that comes from their parents. And I can say the exact same thing. Coach, that is the, that's great advice. Thank you so much. The only difference is who's saying it. And so we benefit from that, from the outside in many cases where it's, Hey, here's somebody else, them pilot and independent third party is saying we have to do things this way. They've seen this a bunch of times. I guess we must have to do it this way and they'll listen to it, even if it was the exact same thing. So I think in a lot of cases, it's worth pulling in somebody on the outside to be a voice. As long as it's a trusted voice who's got some authority and you know, there's there's a reason to listen to them and, and you believe them. I don't think just randomly picking somebody off, you know, if there's not some authority associated with that. But um, but I think those are a couple of main things. Have, have an internal champion. If you can pull in somebody from the outside, pull in somebody from the outside and fundamentally understand what you're trying to accomplish and don't pick a tool because this is the cool new tool, but figure out, hey, what's the problem we need to solve here and then hire the tool that does that job the best. Yeah, makes sense. Now, the, the second one is time tracking, right? So, you know, we used to, my, one of my last companies, we used to sell software into agencies as well and um you know that that topic used to come up all the time so you know firstly what's your view on the topic or your experience and the second is how does click up handle you know taking uh or tracking time so the first part nobody likes time track i don't i don't think i've you know i've yet to come across a person who's super excited to do it for them personally a lot of people who love the concept of it but but aren't excited for it I mean, in an agency business model, that's fundamentally the the currency that we're dealing with, though, is people's time. So if you're not measuring it, I don't know how you, like, that's the proxy for profitability in your business. So I have not come up with a good way around it. I still think it's a really valuable activity to do. Even if you pick it up for a while and you set it down at some point in time, I'm not convinced that it's the thing you have to do for the rest of your agency days necessarily. But certainly for a benchmark um, and it's wild how many times we're working with agencies who've not, you know, the common thing is, yeah, we'd love to, we know we should be doing it, but we just aren't doing it. So we'll implement it prior to implementing it as we're building out processes, we're setting time estimates on everything. And so it's all just a guesstimate at that point. And we'll say, Hey, here's all it takes the average agency based on what we've seen, who's doing whatever it is, a blog post or something. They guesstimate whatever they want on it that goes on it and then track and go back and do a month's worth of data review or a quarter's worth of data review. 
is just wildly off from from what they're actually doing. It, but you don't have those insights. You, know, you just assume if you if you never test your hypothesis, then you assume that your your guesstimate is is accurate or close enough. So you identify a lot of different things, areas where you should be charging more, areas where you need to improve efficiency, services that maybe you should cut or not offer, or you need to hire someone else to do, as well as helping individuals get into kind of their, what's their sweet spot? What are you, what are you best at doing? So I'm a fan of it. Uh, although I don't love at this point, it's a habit. It's also a habit. Once you get used to it, you don't really think about it, but I still don't, you know, it's not something that I look forward to every day. I don't really think about it in my day to day in terms of tracking time. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm a bit more, uh, I track it in a, another tool. And, what are you using, Paul? Yeah. So I'm using, uh, it's changed names mm-hmm. now. So what it used to be uh, Toggle and now. Oh, they rebranded. Yeah, they've rebranded. They've been bought out. So mm-hmm. I can't remember what mm-hmm. it is now, but if you still go to Toggle, it will redirect. Yep. And um, I just do in 30-minute blocks, right? It's yep. a forced habit. So it, it means that I work on one thing for 30 minutes. So it keeps me really focused instead of multitasking. And then at the end of the 30 minutes, I just allocate it to what I've been working on. But, you know, that – so I can have a look at a client and see how much time I'm investing in a client and roughly what the activity was, but I don't go down to, you know, it was exactly 17 minutes and 23 seconds. But right. I find that is, you know – in my business, that's, you know, it's good, but it's the discipline of, I find the benefit is the discipline of the focusing on one thing for a yep. set period of time and trying to beat the clock. And I'll look at yep. it and go, oh, I've got three or four minutes. So I'll, you know, I'll make sure I finish it off. And it's that old progress, not perfection. So I right. think that works well versus, you know, me just saying, I'm going to finish this task. And, you know, as you know, for sure. time allots to, whatever that saying is, I can't quite remember it, but, uh, yeah. 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 I think, I think that's the, I think that's the hidden, uh, benefit that we'll hear occasionally and real clear to teams as well. Don't you're writing a blog post and the estimate says 30 minutes and you're 200 out of 500 words in at 25 minutes. Like do not crank out those last 300. It's fine. If you go over, that's just an estimate. Like we just want it there as a benchmark and then we're measuring against it. Uh, but there is some incentive to try to get there and, and it, and yeah, it creates a little bit of a game. Yeah, well, look for me. You know, uh, uh, posting on LinkedIn is a key key way of communicating value. And uh, you know, literally now I've got it down to fifteen minutes. Yeah, uh, and I still get like yesterday. I think I got thirty thousand views to the post. So the the quality is great, but it's really good now to you know that habit of tracking the time means that I've really, you know, reduced it over time. So it used to be 30, now it's 15. So, you know, right. I think uh, from that, it's a it's a great benefit. Well, look, you know, I could honestly ask you questions uh, forever, so we might have to have you back as a guest. But before we go into the live section, I just want to know, do you have a sales machine that can get you one to three high-paying clients a month? And if the answer to that is, I'm not quite sure. Well, I want to help you. If you go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse, there's 14 questions you can answer in three minutes. And it really goes against what I define as best practice. Like Gray's been talking about best practice from his expertise. I'm the same when it comes to sales. And I've listed the things that I know work for service-based business owners. You can see how many of those you have got. So it's not a mystery anymore. It becomes more of a plan. So you can just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash 
pulse. So into the live section now, Gray. So what are some habits other than using ClickUp that make you successful? It's a good question. I, um, this has been a focus over the past five months. You and I talked about some of the growth that we've gone through and figuring out how to, how to prioritize things. So in the past, I've been inbox zero every day type of person. Like I, I'll work later to get stuff wrapped up. I'll try and you know quickly work through things to, to triage the inbox and handle, handle it on my own. Um, one of the things that I'll look, one of the key habits right now is morning routine to go through and basically prioritize out. I know going into a day now, there are more things for sure that I would like to do than I'll have time to get done. And so just running through our priority matrix uh, internally to plan out where's, where's the time going and what are handling during the course of the day. Uh, so that's one of the, one of the main daily habits from a sales perspective, which is where I'm spending a lot of my time right now on the growth side of the business, either doing uh, kind of marketing activities or sales activities, and then also uh, operations habits. But our daily, we have a daily sales shutdown scorecard. And so the concept of kind of uh, measuring stuff probably comes up over and over in the theme of what we do, because we're kind of process nerds like that, but basically a daily, um, a daily habit at the end of each day to kind of shut down, recap the day, what went well, what didn't both from numbers and also from a more, how'd you feel about your performance? Did I serve people well today? Did I fulfill my promises to coworkers, clients, and, and those I, I work with? Right. And is that a, like a stand up or, or, you know, I know a stand up. It's not, it's an actual scorecard. Okay. Yeah. That, that gives without a form. Great. Excellent. And the next section is the give section. So what's a, you know, a community or a charity that, that you support and why? So uh, this is more community than charity. My wife and I are pretty involved in the local community. One of the things I've had the chance to do for the last uh, eight years is coach high school baseball here at the local high school. And that opportunity is one of the things that gives me the most life. I had this experience back in 2012 out of college where I went to, I was coaching high school lacrosse at the time down in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I got into my car at the end of the day. I did a 6 a.m. pitching workout with the baseball team. Then went to a couple different practices in the afternoon. I helped out with the, it was a small private Christian school in, uh, in Virginia, helped out with basketball practice, then went to lacrosse practice. And so I had like six hours worth of practice on top of working that day and got in the car. And I just, not even intentionally, just kind of breathed out. I was like, this is what I was made to do. And I've always loved coaching. And I said that out loud and I've always loved coaching, but that the opportunity to influence young lives and kind of teach life lessons through sport is something I'm super passionate about. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. And for, you know, all of us parents listening, like you said, it's, uh, it's hard when they, when you say something, it's hard, but any, yeah, any tips from being with, you know, uh, teenagers as you are at the moment, any tips for, for parents on uh, how to get their best, <laughs> or how to get more I'm, out of their child? <laughs> you're the one, you're the one we should listen to. So I've got four young kids right now and I, right now it's awesome. They're all under six. Everyone loves spending time with me. So I'm trying to cherish that time right now because I know five years from now, I'm going to be like, dad, please get, please get lost. And we'll come back and talk to you again when we're 25. Well, I must admit one of the, here in Australia, I, I don't know if it's in the US, but here in Australia, you've got to do 120 hours before you can get your license. 
120. 120 wow. hours. That's double double our, our requirement list here in, here okay. in PA. So that's a lot of time to spend with your teenager, right? So, <laughs> so uh, you know, cherish that moment. Make sure that you, yes, you're helping them to save their lives and lives of others by driving, but it's a brilliant way to connect with your children because you've got to, yeah, spend 120 hours. That's a great tip next to them so uh yeah look 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 for that one and if you if your child doesn't drive i i i'm sorry i'm lost i don't have anything for you <laughs> and uh look that that's brilliant what you do i i support a charity called the purple house it uh, helps indigenous australians get access to dialysis which um you know being a, a kidney transplant patient right. is um, very important to me so um if you want to check out more about that you can go to the uh to the purple house dot org dot au so the last section is a rapid fire section so i'll ask you questions you give me some rapid fire responses so other than click up right what's another piece of technology which is essential for running your business hubspot is the first one that comes to mind there's a handful of other ones that we use one is called retently that i'd give a quick shout out to they're an mps platform and we use them to measure net promoter score for our clients and also for the agencies that we're working with Brilliant. And uh, the next is a sales tip. And as you said, you're spending a lot of time on sales. That scorecard idea was fantastic. But what's another tip you can give us around sales? So with a lot of uh, coaches, consultants, uh, course creators, I think, and you've probably, I, I always look for in these interviews, you're always trying to give the perfect answer and come up with something no one said before. I'm sure someone's talked about having kind of breaking down and doing a foot in the door type of offer or a lower tier offer. So people don't have to bite the full bullet all at one time. And that has been working uh, super well in our business for, and this is held true from the agency days where breakout kind of right now we're selling a click up audit. Someone's already been in ClickUp, and we get a lot of agencies or teams who have been in ClickUp for a year or two years, feel like it's kind of a mess and they'll, they'll come back to us looking for, kind of a last ditch effort before they jump ship out of ClickUp. And so we'll do a ClickUp audit and kind of go through their entire project management process documentation, ClickUp usage right now. And uh, it's been tremendously valuable to agencies, but it's also been a great way to accelerate the sales process uh, and kind of streamline that. You don't have to work through this is, this isn't a full commitment all at once. It's a smaller initial commitment to work with us. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if my editor was uh, good enough to grab that, but I did try to sneeze and hit mute at the same time. But sorry, everyone, I missed the mute button. So awesome. <laughs> I have got a cold at the moment. It's not COVID, but uh, I've got a dreaded cold that uh, won't go, which is part of being uh, immune suppressed. Uh, it takes a lot longer. So the next yep. one is what's your best source of ideas? Best source of new ideas is a combination here. I'd probably say our internally we have a channel. We use Slack. Uh, for internal comms, uh, in addition to ClickUp, and we've got a channel called Discovery, and it's just kind of a cool place for team members to share new things that either they're thinking about or have discovered online. So that's that'd be the number one place I'd go. My kids are probably the the second place. They uh, they're constantly coming up with new ideas and grilling me. I told them I was talking with someone who's in Australia today, so of course they want to know. Have you seen a wallaby? Have you seen? Yeah, there's like eight different a uh, animals that they want to know if you've seen. Yeah, their questions are amazing, aren't they? I, yeah, I yeah. definitely miss that. The last question is a big question, right? I'll leave it to the end for that reason. But what impact do you want to leave on the world? 
So this question reminded me of a question that my wife's grandfather asked. I think the first time I ever met him, we were having lunch together. And he said, uh, we just recently graduated college. We weren't married at this point. We were just dating. And he asked, what was the, something along the lines, maybe the first question he even asked over lunch. So, Gray, what's the biggest lesson you learned during college? And I was like, well, okay, I guess we're, I guess we're diving in. We're going deep here. And I think what I said was like relationships matter most. And so this, the, the impact or the place that I want to, the thing that I want to be known for is just the relationships that uh, I'm building and that, you know, just kind of genuinely caring for people where they are, loving people well is, uh, is kind of the one, the one main focus of every day is can, can I serve people well, the people who are in front of me, I can't control fully who that audience is or who those people are, but the people who are around me, you know, living their life better than, uh, than when, you know, than, than without me here. Yeah. Look, I think that's great. And, you know, the fact that you're you know, so heavily involved in baseball, I know of um, some of your clients that I was referred to to speak to you speaks very highly of you. So I think that uh, rings through. So um, no better than practicing what you you preach. So uh, look, it's been wonderful having you on, Greg, like a, uh, Grace. Or I, I said, you know, I could ask you a squillion more questions on this topic, but ultimately I think it's really important. Uh, so there's two Key things, you can go to zenpilot.com and uh, forward slash demo and you can actually try ClickUp out. And if you do get a, a, a ClickUp account, you can go to zenpilot.com forward slash OT and the whole onboarding process is one that you can get from Gray and the team at uh, ZenPilot. So uh, wonderful having you on today, Gray, and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. Have a great day. So I really loved that interview with Gray. As you can tell, I'm, I'm very supportive of project management, not because it's a tool, it's because of the outcomes when everyone's working in the same direction. And as I said in it, that your creativity is freed up by the fact that you're not worrying about things you've missed or you know, what you've got to do, it makes it nice and easy. So you can grab that demo again at uh, zenpilot.com forward slash demo. You can also, if you've got the ClickUp demo, then you can also go in and get their onboarding templates in zenpilot.com forward slash OT. So also, if you believe that your sales machine isn't capable of getting you one to three high paying clients a month, please go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. Please take action to build, live, and give. Thanks for listening to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.